PRB Magazine presents Recreation versus Preservation, Striking Just the Right Balance Makes for Happy Visitors and Habitats Written by Jane Peterson Read by Sean Price Parks and Recreation is all about balance. While there is a desire to provide guests with access to an abundance of recreational opportunities, Michigan's Oakland County Parks staff members also recognize it's important to care for the land to which the public entrusts them, making natural resources efforts a top priority. We've had many discussions internally about how we can meet the current recreation needs without compromising the integrity of the land for future generations, Chief of Natural Resources and Sustainability, Sarah Cook Malin says. Preserving land and open space quickly emerged as a top priority, but so did providing places for people to gather together, enjoy nature, and just be in fresh air outdoors. Oakland County Parks OCP has worked diligently to be a good steward of the nearly 8,000 acres it manages. Located north of the Detroit metropolitan region, the 15 Park System recently designated six of its parks as nature preserves to better reflect their intended usage and more clearly define the organization's core values that include caring for the natural environment and building a community. Resilience to Climate Change Nature preserves are homes to precious ecosystems that not only tell us a lot about the past, but that can also be harbingers for the future. There's a rich ecological diversity there that is designed to thrive on its own, but with today's environmental impacts, must be protected. We achieve this by planning in-house projects with our talented staff, working with contractors who are experts in their field, and reaching out to partners to assess challenges they are facing within their local communities. We are confident that this multi-layered approach is creating a strong and healthy environment for the birds, insects, fish, wildlife, plants, and trees that call our parks home. Even areas near its active facilities aren't being overlooked for improvements. The agency's Native Landscape Design Initiative reimagined traditional landscaping at its administrative buildings at Waterford Oaks County Park. By focusing on native plants and environmental sustainability, OCP reaped the benefits of cultivating native species providing habitat for pollinators, improving water quality and reducing emissions, chemicals, watering, and maintenance while still creating aesthetically beautiful landscaping. OCP collaborated with PlantWise, a firm dedicated to creating and restoring native ecosystems, to craft the design, which was installed in 2020. Other natural resources initiatives have been established with great success to protect, restore, and enrich the land, waterways, and plants within the park system. OCP restores local biodiversity with prescribed burns. Managed in-house by a certified team of experts, these planned burns are an investment in a park's ecology, Natural Resources Natural Areas Program Coordinator Keegan Stahlberg says. Burns are critical for our local ecology, he notes. They promote native plants and maintain community structure while setting back many invasive plants that would degrade biodiversity and ecosystem function. Surveys help assess specific natural areas and the need for a prescribed burn. Factors to consider include the following Type of plant community and appropriate burn regime for the native species present Natural history of the site Types of invasive species present Types of wildlife utilizing the landscape and how fire will affect them Appropriateness for the site of other methods, such as spot treatment of non-native plants or the reintroduction of locally extirpated native plants. Not surprisingly, planning for the prescribed burns can often be the most challenging part of the process. 
Michigan weather isn't usually cooperative or predictable in early spring. Rain, snow, and wind can all impact potential efforts from March through mid-May when the burns generally take place. OCP's Geographic Information System GIS not only keeps track of which areas have been and are scheduled to be burned, but also is used to identify neighbors near the park. Postcards are sent out, informing neighbors of the upcoming event and how to act if they have questions or sensitivities to smoke. A broad range of dates are outlined, so if weather thwarts a planned burn, new postcards do not need to be sent out. In addition, OCP staff shares the burn plan with local fire authorities in order to obtain the necessary approvals. Local government officials and emergency dispatchers are also notified, so they are prepared if a passerby reports a fire in the area, despite ample signage posted along roadways and at park entrances. The burn plan outlines the training level and number of OCP staff on site, the equipment to be used, water sources, site descriptions, contingency plans, burn maps, and considerations taken to protect rare and threatened species. Schildberg says wildlife tends to be minimally affected as early spring is still a time when many ground-nesting bird species haven't yet built their nests and reptiles and amphibians tend to remain in hibernaculum. Burns are also primarily conducted via backburns, a technique that makes the flames move slowly across the landscape, giving wildlife time to get out of the way. Contingencies are made for the eastern Massasauga rattlesnake, a federally protected species that hibernates during the winter, but is known to love the park system's mosaic of wetlands and upland habitats. This shy snake is not commonly seen, so burning must be avoided during periods when it is known to be active or utilized with methods designed to minimize impact on the species as determined by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Completing this work in-house keeps the days as flexible as possible especially considering the smaller scope of some of the events and various factors that can lead to a delay. OCP does utilize contractors for large-scale, prescribed burns when additional staff is necessary. A post-burn survey helps staff plan future events by keeping track of whether goals were achieved. There is an educational component as well, as prescribed burns may be misunderstood by the community as being harmful to the environment. For Schildberg, he sees prescribed burns as supporting both the ecology and recreational use of the parks. Guests want to visit areas of the park where the plants are interesting and appealing, he said. Prescribed burns can help support passive recreation activities like walking and birdwatching by creating healthy, strong habitats. Oakland County is home to 12 lakes and five major river systems that residents use for boating, paddling, and swimming. Fishing is another popular activity in southeastern Michigan, given the abundance of freshwater in the Great Lakes region. Building an initial data set to ensure healthy ecosystems within OCP's lakes is vital, not only to the park system, but also to the delicate balance of watersheds throughout the area. Partnering with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, OCP took a multifaceted approach to conducting fish surveys at Independence Oaks County Park's Crooked Lake in Clarkston, Michigan, Graveland Oaks County Parks, Thread Creek, and Stewart Lake in Holy, Michigan, and Pontiac Oaks. County Parks Krieger Lake in Pontiac. Team members did the following. Took a gill net survey to assess the fish population. Studied the habitat complexity by evaluating micro and macroorganisms and aquatic vegetation. Conducted an electrofishing survey to sample the quantity, size, and growth rate of fish. 
examined the chemistry of the lake water, including oxygen levels and temperature, completed a habitat survey looking at the overall quality of fish living conditions. These are some of the last lakes that are undeveloped in Oakland County. Almost all our lakes have natural shoreline, Natural Resources Freshwater Program Coordinator, Eric Deasing says. They are a unique asset. Indeed, Upper Bushman Lake, a 32-acre lake in Independence Oaks Nature Preserve near Clarkston, is designated a catch and release for all fish species by the MDNR. This means anglers can catch fish, but must release them into the lake to support the high-quality fishery. The lake is the first and only public access lake in southeast Michigan with the catch and release only special designation and only one of only seven catch and release for all fish species lakes in Michigan. The move prevents over-harvesting of the largemouth bass, bluegill, pumpkin seed, rock bass, bullhead, northern pike, and crappie that are plentiful. This allows the lake to be used for recreational purposes while at the same time providing a unique management opportunity to protect and promote the fish community. Upper Bushman Lake is comprised of three smaller lakes. Located in the headwaters of the Clinton River, it is surrounded by wetlands. Abundant wildlife, as well as thriving aquatic life and vegetation, play an essential role in the region's ecosystem. Thriving fisheries help maintain good water quality throughout the region, while structures like floating docks provide public access and are less intrusive than shoreline improvements to protect its natural resources. We look at these systems as being multi-layered. Whatever happens on land impacts the water quality. The stormwater will impact the lake, he says. Our job is to find the happy medium between recreation and restoration. We don't want to intervene unless we have to. Moving forward, Dising says, OCP plans to use long-term monitoring stations, real-time water quality sensors, and the installation of fish stick structures to encourage growth of woody habitat. When looking ahead at the ecological health of parks, trees often come to mind. After all, trees are a source of food for many animals that enjoy the seeds, nuts, and fruits trees produce. In addition, many insects, birds, and other wildlife rely on trees to house their young, build their homes, and provide safe havens from predators. In 2017, OCP launched a native tree planting program, committing financial resources for the purchase of native trees. These white pines, sugar maples, red maples, and white oaks, as well as hickory, dogwood, redbud, and other trees, are often planted adjacent to non-native trees that will be replaced in the future and in areas where shade is necessary to help cool park patrons and provide climate resilience. In the past six years, approximately 1,000 new native trees in OCP's popular day use parks have been planted, including 250 this past spring. This is a priority for the park system, Natural Resources Forestry Program Coordinator, Luke Murchie says. The majority of our non-native trees were planted during the 1980s and 90s. So, they are now reaching maturity and not able to deal with our native stressors as readily as our native trees do. Because of this, many of them are in decline and need to be removed. By planting native species, we are working to provide not only the ecological benefit, but also ensure that our planted trees will stand the test of time. Non-native trees versus a comparable native species often require more maintenance throughout their life. Take, for example, the blue spruce. This non-native popular ornamental tree is undoubtedly gorgeous, but also susceptible to the common disease rhizosphera needlecast.
Murchie says the fungus causes the tree to die from the bottom up and must be treated with a fungicide annually to remain healthy. If a native conifer were planted in its place, it's likely that treatments would not be necessary at any time throughout the tree's life. Planting native trees is an investment in the future of our park system, he says.